Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Star Wars 7x7, episode 757. Today we are continuing our Clone Wars briefing series looking at Senate Murders, which is episode 15 of season 2 of the Star Wars The Clone Wars cartoon series. Punch it, Chewie. Feel a disturbance in the Force? It's Star Wars 7x7, your daily 7-minute podcast with your host, Alan Voivod. Destiny Unleashed. Hey, Rebel Rouser. Welcome to Star Wars 7x7. I'm your host, Alan Voivod, and this episode, bizarrely enough, even though it comes in the back half of Season 2, actually takes place chronologically in the middle of Season 3. That note is on Wikipedia's website, and I'm pretty sure that I've seen it in one of Leland Chi's tweets where he laid out the entire chronology of the Clone Wars cartoon series, but I've never really seen an explanation for why this is the case. So if you've seen that, actually, then please do share it in the comments in the blog post for the show's episode at sw7x7.com and even when you're watching the episode you would almost think that it has to come chronologically right after the last one we talked about which was Duchess of Mandalore because Duchess Satine of Mandalore is actually at the funeral services for Anaconda Far, who dies in the episode and is therefore the Senate murder there it says Senate murders come to think of it the title of the episode but there's only really one mm, nah there's two murders I guess there's two murders after all but perhaps I'm getting a little ahead of myself, so let me tell you about the episode in brief. There's a measure in the Galactic Senate about troop production. They want to get more clones into action, and anti-war senators like Padme and Bail Organa are against it. Padme makes a speech in the Senate, and afterward she is stopped in a corridor by Senator Dici, who is from Umbra, Umbara, not sure which, and he actually is a warmongering guy, or at least that's the burn that Padme lays on him. You shouldn't make speeches like that. It's unpatriotic. The only thing I find unpatriotic is your warmongering. Ouch, there's a burn for you. So later on, they're having drinks the anti-war protesters are hanging out together, including Mon Mothma, appearance by Mon Mothma in the Clone Wars, which is very cool. And Senator Bertoni, who is a Kaminoan, who the Kamino is not actually part of the Senate or the Republic, but I guess their clone production allowed them to wrangle a Senate seat, which I thought was kind of an interesting little detail. But uh, this particular Kaminoan is a nasty bit of work, and after she leaves, Anaconda Far suddenly falls over dead, which then, of course, leads to the introduction of Tan Devo, the inspector who comes to investigate the crime. Now, Tan Devo looks like Peter Lorre and sounds like Steve Buscemi, and I'm just going to give you an example of what he has to say. Politicians always have something to hide, and it always comes back to haunt them. Am I right? Oh, look who I'm asking. Room full of politicians. Mm. 
And now here's the funniest thing of all. That voice is the voice of Tom Kenny, who you may know better as the voice of SpongeBob SquarePants, of all things. Yeah, he's in this episode. Well, not SpongeBob, but Tom Kenny. <laughs> anyway, so it turns out, long story short, that Lolo, who is working or was working with Anaconda Far, is the actual culprit. She was an aide to Anaconda Far and was really ticked off at him for bringing the war to Rhodia and all that terrible stuff. And ultimately, she gets punched in the face by Padme and subdued. So that, as they say, is that. And ultimately, nothing changes because the clone troop production measure is passed in the Senate. And Palpatine tells Padme, hey, it's okay because this is going to help end the war and bring peace faster. Right? Right. Now, I think one of the things I liked best about this episode was the putting of Padme into action. And she gets a lot more action-oriented stuff in the Clone Wars cartoon series than anywhere else. I mean, I got to thinking about the prequel trilogy movies and how much Padme had to do action-wise in either of them. In Revenge of the Sith, nothing. Period, paragraph, nothing. In The Phantom Menace, it was not really until the end that she actually had anything serious action-wise to do with shooting up battle droids and ascension guns up the side of Theed Palace and shooting a couple of battle droids and taking over the throne room. I mean, yeah, there was that. And then shooting up a bunch of people in the arena in Attack of the Clones. It seemed like only toward the end of either of those first two trilogy movies did she actually have any action-oriented stuff happening or any, like, take-charge attitude really driving her, per se. But we're seeing a lot more of that in the Clone Wars cartoon series, and I, for one, am very grateful about that fact. And I'd love to know what you think about the portrayal of Padme in the Clone Wars cartoon series. Do you think it gives her an added dimension or two or five? Do you think that it portrays her better than Natalie Portman had a chance to portray her in the actual prequel trilogy movies? I'd love to hear your thoughts on that in the comments at the blog post for this show's episode at SW7x7.com. Hey Rebel Rouser, you know how I just got done talking about the beauty of the stuff that the visual effects folks in The Force Awakens do? Well, there's another beautiful thing that I gotta mention here as well, and that is the 3D holograms that Zebra Imaging has made, teaming up with Lucasfilm to create the world's first and only Star Wars 3D hologram collectibles. Check them out at sw7x7.com slash hologram to see Kylo Ren, the Death Star Trench Run, R2-D2 projecting Princess Leia, and let's not forget... Han Solo and Carbonite. That's the one that my mom wouldn't be able to stand. Oh, that scene made her so sad. <laughs> anyway, one more time, it's sw7x7.com slash hologram to see them for yourself. All right, I've got a trivia question ready for you. I've been waiting for this day for a long time. Last time we asked you how much did Ray claim her parts had been worth the last time she'd traded with Unkar Plutt upon hearing a half-portion offer that was the second time she turned parts in, and she said that they were worth a half-portion each. Today's question, who is the only person in The Force Awakens to get choked by Kylo Ren? Thanks for listening to another episode of Star Wars 7x7. And hey, before you test out your new robot hand, check out SW7x7.com for show notes, links, photos, videos, and more. And we'll be able to do even more with the show for you with your support at Patreon.com SW7x7. It's not the Rebel Fleet. It's Destiny Unleashed. This podcast is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox. It is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars-related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2016 Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.